to see for yourselves one of the most amazing events. When is this great experiment for me? Impervious to heat, impossible to move. Is it human or inhuman? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It's time for the Beaky Drummy Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Hello and welcome to the Geeky Brummy Podcast. Joining me today, Mr. Lee Price. Hello. Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Hello, Ryan. Mr. Guy Hubbard. All right. And rejoining us, Ms. Laura Craven. Hi. On with the show. All right, time for some weird news for stories for you all. To start off with, from Associated Press, fugitive attack squirrel owner arrested in an Alabama chase. Repeat that. Fugitive attack squirrel owner arrested in an Alabama chase. Squirrel owner? Attack squirrel owner arrested in an Alabama chase. So break that down again to squirrel. Yes. Okay. Number two, from Manchester Evening News, police warning over probably the worst bank scam in history. From Sky News, seals can copy human speech and sing Star Wars theme tune, new study says. <laughs> so they're saying they can copy human speech by singing a song which contains no speech. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> Hang on a minute. I'll raise you that, because in the Star Wars Holiday Special, there are lyrics over the theme tune to Star Wars sang by Carrie Fisher. I know not what of you which you speak. <laughs> well, let's also... I don't think n- Carrie Fisher knows not of what you speak as well. <laughs> Let, let's not forget Bill Murray's lyrics to the Star Wars theme as well. <laughs> and my last news story... From polygraph.info, Russian Defense Ministry claims Metal Gear video game is US intelligence project. Brilliant. Okay, that one I need to hear about. <laughs> so we got Seals with Human Speech and Star Wars, Worst Bank Scam Ever, Attack Squirrel, or Metal Gear Propaganda. If the worst bank scam isn't them giving you money, I'm really, really disappointed. Yeah, I'm quite interested in the scam, to be fair. Scam to start off with. We'll save sure. Metal Gear to yeah, last, Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is from Manchester Evening News by Rebecca Day. It's a real name, Keith. (laughs) Oh, happy day. Subheading, we think this one will take some beating. (laughs) Oh, happy day. (laughs) Cheshire police have shared a warning about a scam and it's hard to believe anyone would ever fall for it. A fraudulent bank letter has been sent to a homeowner asking them to send their debit cards as they are at risk of catching fire. (laughs) Brilliant. The return address is for a Mr. Smith, apparently, an alleged debit card card safety manager at Barclays from Bangalore. First name name John (laughs) Boy. He's from Bangalore Lane, Bangalore in India. Brilliant. The force posted about the scam on his Facebook page at 4pm on Thursday. They shared a photo of the letter which read, Many of our bank costumers, costumers <laughs> okay. have reported their debit cards have caught fire whilst in wallets and purses. And as a precaution, <laughs> we are issuing an urgent safety recall. This matter is of the utmost emergency as your card could create a pocket fire at any given moment. A pocket fire. <laughs> burning your legs and stomach terribly. All my burning loins. <laughs> I think my favourite thing is you get to post them back, though, amongst all of that paper. 
This is because of a fault in the factory process at our debit card factory in, call back to last week's episode, Molten Keynes. <laughs> Therefore, for your own safety and verification, please complete the bottom of this form and return it with your debit card to the safety manager. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hang on, is there, is there any actual form for it? No, we have a picture of the letter, which is the most dullest picture of all yeah. time. Is somebody pointing at that letter? No. There's some scribbling out in the top right. And like the, one, like the woman who's back door broken, <laughs> smashed in. Oh, I forgot about that classic. Writing on Facebook, Cheshire Police wrote, as far as scams go, we think this one will take some beating. <laughs> the letter from Mr. Smith at Barclays, warning people about spontaneous debit card combustion. That's debit cards catching fire. Usually our advice would be to take, take five seconds before giving anyone your bank details. But we'd like to think this one was pretty obvious. I mean, I can see my crazy neighbour falling for this, to be honest with you. Hello! Take my card! It's fine! I don't want a fire in my pocket! Hello, you! Like my cigarette, I like fires on my face instead. <laughs> you, can de- you can use a debit card to light your cigarettes. <laughs> Watch your beard, guy, that might go up in flames. <laughs> I, I want to visit the town of Molten Keys now. And just imagine it's like a Minecraft. Nor it is. Is it just Milton Keynes with an active volcano underneath? Molten Keynes, you can play that like the floor's lava. I can imagine it's like Minecraft Milton Keynes, where like all the roads are just lava pathways. Mm. Has, a, has, has, a, has a pensioner named Phyllis or Beryl or, I don't know, Norman fallen for the scheme? I don't know. That's, that's all the so, information we have. Did they, like see the whole thing about phones catching on fire and think, oh yeah, that'll work for debit cards. Yeah. Even though there's a logical reason why phones could be faulty and set on fire. How does a debit card actually set on fire? Like, exactly. How does that happen? Like, unless you've got a lighter in your pocket that's rubbing furiously against your wallet, yeah. that ain't going I mean, on setting on fire. If I was going to do this scam, I'd kind of go, right. <laughs> the criminal mind of Keith Your debit again. cards aren't going to set you on fire. I'd target blokes specifically and say, with your with your debit card now containing near field technology, like even though you're not going anywhere near these to no pay for something, the no radio cancer. waves are irradiating your testicular areas, yeah, and you no could cancer. get yeah. So send them back to us, and we'll um, or send me twenty five quid, and I'll send you some cast iron knacker protectors. <laughs> <laughs> or just buy one of those RFID wallets for on sale for like thirty p in every shop, or uh, or you can just get yourself some sanitary towels. Alright, so what's next then? So we'll save Metal Gear Solid. Do we want Fugitive Attack Squirrel? No, because that's from Alabama, so it's obvious why they've got Attack Squirrels. Yeah, it's going to be the seal, yeah. Just quickly on the Attack Squirrel, apparently you've been feeding it methamphetamines to make it into an Attack Squirrel. Okay, yeah, well, that's Alabama though, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's from Birmingham as well, unfortunately. (laughs) Our twin city. Yeah, they think... They think they're us, but... It's like (laughs) Breaking Conquer's bad, almost. Um, Seals can copy human speech and sing Star Wars theme tune, Houston, he says. Three seals were trained to copy sounds, resulting in several note renditions of Star Wars, and also Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Who wrote this? Uh, No name. No name. No name. Not even... uh, Reporters, so right? embarrassed by the article they didn't want to claim it. I've actually seen a video of this on the tele. On the, there on there the is a video. Film. You yeah. disputed it. No, I disputed the fact that they said they can replicate human speech, but they're not exactly going. Hi, my name's Boris the Seal. Do we want to see the video? I like to make buses. Do we want to see the video. <laughs> I mean, you can see the video. I mean, it's gonna. 
Are we going to get blown away by this video? No. He's just That's swallowed crap. a Simon said. That's crap. <laughs> it's close encounters of the third time. <laughs> <laughs> With fat seals. He swallowed a Simon. I like how he just flits back into the war after that. It's like that. Now spell. So. It's Sounds like he's vomiting. <laughs> Do you want me to do what he sounds like? Do you remember Stop It and Tidy Up? He sounds more like seals can speak Kashik. He's <laughs> like, what the heck? I was thinking, well, this is Stephen Hawking's voice box redeployed. Right, no, there's, there's a child sat at the back somewhere on an old Casio keyboard, <laughs> blasting away. And know, there's, there's, like... there's a seal underneath, underneath the water with an old Casio keyboard <laughs> playing the tunes. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. <laughs> it's got a bit dumb. Yeah, Grey seals are capable of singing movie themes and mimicking human language and new study has suggested. Mm. Researchers at the University of St. Andrews... All these words. So a survey says, or has suggested... (laughs) We asked 100 seals, what was their favourite tune? In terms of science... (laughs) Can we say Star Wars? Surely it should be. We've quite clearly proven that seals can sing English songs. Oh, quite clearly proven. We've just wasted that four and a half million pound grant we got on booze and loose women. And uh, we just we just made this seal swallow a Casio keyboard. And Tim's out the back with the keyboard, just like pretending that the... We made him swallow a Bluetooth speaker. We've hooked up to an app on our phone. Quick, it's all right. It's waterproof. It's got an OBC. Surely somebody from the government's going to come and ask for their four million. It's fine. I've figured it out. I've got this app. Beep, 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 beep. The marine right. mammals was found to oh, found poor also, seal. <laughs> the marine mammals were also found to be able to copy human speech sounds, including vowels. No, it's crap. It hasn't happened. Lead researcher Amanda Stansbury said she was amazed at how well Angela this Lansbury. <laughs> when I came to after that fourteen bottle vodka binge I went on last night, I was shocked to find that the seal could talk. When I arrived at the university in my Lamborghini, <laughs> I almost fell out the door when I found out my seal. Could we were on our way to Vegas when the drugs. Having had some of that stuff the squirrel from Alabama was having, I was surprised to find all the animals could talk. <laughs> Lead researcher Amanda Stansbury said she was amazed at how well the seals were able to mimic the sounds. She said, copies were not perfect, but given that these are not typical seal sounds, it's very impressive. That seal's making exactly the kind of noise seals make. They all go... They all sound like... The real real question is, did they get the seals to sing Kiss from a Rose? Because if they didn't, then they missed an opportunity. (laughs) While Miss Stansbury notes the impressiveness of the results, the research team says it doesn't mean we're all able to have spoken conversations with the seals anytime soon. Wow! Even better than that, they could have had the seal that could sing, and then the seal below that could play the Casio keyboard and do crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Vincent Janik, director of the Scottish Oceans Institute at the University of St Andrews, pointed out that copying language is one part, but understanding it is another. Our study suggests that seals have the production skills to be able to produce human language. Whether they can make sense of it is the next question. For God's so, sake. could you please approve this fifteen million pound grant that we figured out we can all spend at the uh, off license down the road? We have decided that the next study needs to be conducted in Tahiti on the beachfront. <laughs> we've spent that fifteen million pounds, and we've discovered that seals can't actually understand human language. 
You'll also be able to investigate whether they're able to label objects vocally, which is a key requirement in actually talking about things. Mr. Janik said that the current findings could be used for the further study of human speech disorders, particularly in speech development. We've also found out that seals can't use dynamo things to label stuff because they're flippers. They can't turn the dial very well. Yeah, but once they get the seals understanding human language and the seals take over, well... You know. Isn't this an episode of The Simpsons? <laughs> Isn't there an episode of The Simpsons where seals take over the world? Seals, seals and dolphins, dolphins take over think, the world. Yeah. It feels like this is that Cravendale milk advert where you got cats with thumbs, yeah. but seals requesting things. Well, if we know anything about cats with thumbs, if we've watched Love, Death and Robots recently, yeah. as we recommended you yes. do. Yeah. Um, cats with thumbs. Yeah. Right then, final story from polygraph.info. Um. Russian Defense Ministry claims Metal Gear video game is U.S. intelligence product. But this is by... Yeah, nobody, apparently. <laughs> so a video game made by one yes. of the quite clearly slightly more out-there Japanese developers <laughs> yeah. is a U.S. Yeah. Well, this is from Andrei Kartopolov has made the statement, who is Russian Deputy Defense Minister. On the internet, projects the American Special Services, such as Metal Gear and Runet Echo, are being implemented aimed at direct manipulation of the public's consciousness, and especially young people. According to the Moscow Times, he added that such projects were aimed at encouraging active protest activity and dissatisfaction with the country's authorities among the youth. In reality, Metal Gear series is a product of Japan. The yeah. first game in the series created in 1987 by video game designer Hideo Kojima, mm-hmm. published by the Japanese company Konami and intended for use with the Japanese MSX2 brand personal computer. Metal Gear first garnered popularity in the US via port of the game from the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1988. Nintendo again, who are a Japanese company. Yes. <laughs> in 1998, the release of Metal Gear Solid for the PlayStation uh, Japanese company Sony's Sony. <laughs> PlayStation game console made Metal Gear. A household name worldwide. All told, Metal Gear is one of the top-selling video game franchises of all time. Blah 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 blah. But like, blah, blah, blah. if it's if Metal Gear is teaching us anything about Russia, it's that they all have terrible accents because all the Russian accents in those games are terrible. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where the protest bit is because yeah. the, the thing I take away from Metal Gear Solid is is you know how to hide in a cardboard box. Yeah, maybe, and that your your second name has to be snake but you can choose any kind of model and there's gaseous snake yeah uh, non-gelatinous snake yeah and it's got the word the, the codec, so the codec noise is going to give you away every day no it stimulates the inner the bones of your inner ear and therefore can only be heard by you my part but it does go into clearly a... hear that sound every time <laughs> i died <laughs> but, but but every time that you make a codec call, it's very secure because you go to that other screen. That is the official explanation <laughs> as to why no one can hear the conversation. <laughs> I always love the exclamation mark. Yes. Please. I love that that's um, the Metal Gear series icon in Smash Brothers. They actually made the exclamation. The blink! Yeah. Exclamation mark. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Because like, it's got things like the mushroom for Mario and the Triforce for Zelda, but Metal Gear gets the, the exclamation mark. Well, what else could they have used? They did have the foxhound thing in Brawl. Or a cardboard box. A cardboard box of book. That is all of Snake's taunts, after all. (laughs) But, yeah, like I just don't know how it could be considered American propaganda against Russia when only two of the games 
are have explicit, a Russian in them. <laughs> are explicitly like the US versus Russia. And even then, it's not 100% clear cut. And one of those is set during the Cold War, <laughs> when the US and, the, and Russia were explicitly... At not war. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go on then, you guys found a news story in the news for paper for us. I all. found a Metro Keith's office, so you know it's going to be entertaining. The news story itself isn't that great. The headline is gold dust. Biffa tried to dump nappies on China. Is it Biffa from the comics? <laughs> no, waste giant Biffa. <laughs> that is a misleading headline. Is he a rapper and he's had some diss? <laughs> the rappers are, he's a waste giant man. Can you send me the front page? That's a better headline. Oh, okay. Boris goes walkies, but still no talkies. <laughs> okay, so the reason I picked up the Metro, oh, we, God, we, we've, not... had, we've had this chat in the group chat before. The Metro, we were in a feature called Rush Hour Crush. Oh, no. And there is some Rush Hour Crush in this paper No, tonight. there's Rush Hour Stalking. I'm yeah. not sure there's any crushing going on. Yeah, so people, for people who don't read the Metro, Rush Hour Crush is a really ineffective way to have told somebody that you were perving on them on public transport <laughs> and that you were too cowardly to go up and ask them for a date. I'm really hoping that Guy's neighbour is in here. <laughs> <laughs> or just somebody put, put the very angry man on the train from five ways. <laughs> so, um, you pushed that old man out of the way and into my heart. <laughs> I'm going to read what they Metro describes us. Keith, for the background of this, could you hum Love is All Around by Wet 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 for me? If possible. If you know that tune. If anybody knows her. Is it really a hummable song? <laughs> Think of another love song. If it, that fits though. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? I can see in your eyes. I can see in your eyes. I'm getting hotter than I already am now. Okay, so... He's singing that about Keanu Reeves, not you, by the way. Love is all around us, as shown by the messages left by our commuter cupids. Are they talking about you? And please tell us if you get together. All right, first one. Gorgeous girl on the 7.10am train from Grantham to Nottingham every morning wearing an orange jacket skirt. Fancy a drink. The young guy wearing a suit. Okay. I've got issues. <laughs> okay. <here>. okay. <laughs> I've got issues. Right. The younger, the, go- the gorgeous girl, uh, every morning she's on that train. Is she wearing the orange jacket and the skirt every, every day? Morning. But also the young guy wearing a suit at 7.10 in the morning <laughs> yeah. is very, very vague. Have you yeah. ever been to Grantham? it's a lovely place Leslie is not from there I hope (laughs) okay so uh, god there's one later down the line Um, somebody from Brentwood I won't say her name I don't want to shame her to the sad faced gentleman with the purple trousers on the circle line when were you in London (laughs) when were you in London <laughs> he was on the way to a rare record choppy review issue. This is a sad faced gentleman with the purple trousers on the circle line Monday morning. I smiled back at you and you didn't smile back. You look like. He's got it. 
You look like you need someone special to cheer you up. I hope life treats you kindly. Don't let them get you down, dude. Wicked trousers by the way. <laughs> it's you, isn't it? <coughs> oh my god. I mean, I am colourblind. The trousers I'm wearing right now would You wouldn't know if you were wearing purple trousers. That's, that's oh genius. Like, is that love? Or was she just like saying, like, seriously, I think you might need some help? <laughs> Christ. Okay, um, oh my god. Beautiful, tall, ginger woman, always on the phone talking about football on the DLR from Stratford High Street at approximately 5.15pm. Where have you been all my life? How about a drink at the next Charlton game? See, this is my problem with Rochera Flush. It's not very national, is it? It's all London-based people. That's because everywhere outside of London has sense. What What if she was like, what if she was talking about FIFA? Um, tall, and that was by Tall, Dark and Handsome Stranger. I'll blow you a kiss so you know it's me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, give me the next, next one. The description for the next one's great. Oh, is it the very final one? Mm. <laughs> the lady in the black and white printed dress with a fan who was looking at looking for the silver fox in Crush quite a while ago. Maybe it's me you saw. I was wearing the right attire, I'm the right age, and I'm on the central line from Mile End to Stratford every day. Do you want to meet up? Hashtag Silver Fox. Oh, for God's sake. Blonde lady in the blue denim jacket and the leather skirt getting a haze line at Catford British Championship. You are beautiful. Going opposite, in opposite, sitting opposite in dark checkered shirt. <coughs> Again, not a great description. Oh, for God's sake. I ordered, if I ordered a perfect beautiful woman from Amazon, she'd look like you. Five foot <laughs> oh, four God. inches on the Thames Not like a private. Private. <laughs> five foot five in, five foot four inches on the Thames like arriving at West Sutton from Blackfriars at five fifty two. I'd love to be next to you on a rush hour train every day. Oh my god, that is literally horrendous. Like that was a blind date line. <laughs> Five foot, eleven inch, rubbish sunglasses, arm tattoos, scruffy looking chap. Really sold himself there. <laughs> I love the Amazon, but not Amazon Prime. Yeah. That's three to five day shipping. Yeah. Oh. Like, you're the perfect woman, but I can wait a few days. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect woman, but I'm not going to drop the extra 80 quid. No, it's because you know that her line would then be, but I'm worth the wait. <sighs> Gorgeous George on the train taxi train. Google George on the train taxi train for mascot. That's stalkerish. I'm guessing there's a reason you didn't ask my number after jumping back on the train. But thank you about reminding me. Thank you for reminding me about charming men and intoxicating chemistry. The girl from Johannesburg doesn't have the same ring as like the girl from Ipanema. Does it? <laughs> you imagine the jazz version of the girl from Johannesburg? To the pretty brunette with the glasses travelling to Bristol on the 712 from Birmingham. We shared a moment. Would you like to share more? <laughs> Christ. Hang that's on, pretty brunette on. with glasses travelling somewhere south. Laura, <laughs> we you go at 712pm, Milton Keynes. <laughs> I do love Milton Keynes. <laughs> Bolton Keynes. <laughs> Bolton Keynes. That was some, the, the guy in the blue checkered shirt. Right, I'm pretty sure this one's Dave Massey. Uh, <laughs> Perky, short-haired, blonde lady with a remarkable number of earrings who got off the train at Woolwich Arsenal Station last Friday about six thirty. Your smile made an absolute pleasure to help. Uh, your smile made an absolute pleasure to help you get through the ticket barrier a smidgen sooner. Man with a green check shirt and a dark blue backpack. 
Uh, that, that can't be. That can't be. That him. can't be Dave Massey because there's no fantastic. Yeah, I was about to say. No yeah. Amazing. <laughs> there was no. I work in social media. <laughs> he didn't tell her she worked. He worked previously in a chocolate shop <laughs> or a bookshop, which he would have got in today. He can get that into a tweet. He can get that into the. <laughs> and the final one, uh, tall and handsome guy <laughs> wearing a blue jumper, black jeans, brown shoes. And uh, Bose headphones on the underground from Dalston Junction to Clapham Junction. It's the second time I've seen you. You're gorgeous. Fancy a drink, curly haired girl, Laura. <laughs> I love these people. Keith, Keith wearing brown shoes. No, I don't wear jumpers. Um, there was a particular word, like description I had to admit from there, which I'm surprised that got through the editorial department, and the Metro, but it wasn't PC. <laughs> okay. All of these people would make very good stooges for the police because they're very observant. Mm-hmm. They take a lot in, don't they, on these train journeys? I don't even know where I am, let alone what else everybody's doing on the train. I mean, like, who, the who, though? It's like, oh, my God, I've totally seen someone fancy on the train. Uh, instead of asking for the number, I'm going to text the Metro, and then hopefully they'll find out about me. It's kind of like, no, just go and ask for their number. Like, mm-hmm. now you don't seem creepy, and you've probably got to date them sooner. You know, it's, it's what is the point of it? It's a better story. That's true, but like, how did you meet? Metro through the metro. Yes. Is that better than saying you met through Tinder? So this is the thing. I like this new good feed deed that they've done. Instead. That's been there for ages. Yes. Good feed deed. <laughs> Thanks to Lisa and the lady who gave me a bottle of water on the central line on Saturday night when I was very upset. Your kindness made me feel so much better. Just a bottle of water, nothing else, not a chocolate bar, you know. On the morning of Sunday, June the sixteenth, I fainted on the train pulling into East Croydon. A big thank you to the gentleman passenger who helped me to marry us. He works at the station and helped me find a wheelchair for me. Your kindness helped me more than you would know. So a guy who works at the place where somebody collapsed helped them rather than just leave them lying on the floor. <laughs> Isn't that just doing their job? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I stumbled into a hospital. Thank you all for like picking me up and re- making me recover. That's what they do. It's like their jobs. Yeah, but have their shift started. Uh, I want to say a huge thank you to Denise and Ben who helped me onto the Leeds to Steeton train last Friday. Steeton? I've never heard of that place. Without them, I'm not sure I would have got home after falling off the train. Guy, just stop pushing people off trains, for God's sake. Oh, Rick, I've fallen! Jesus. They really show me the best of human nature and I'm forever grateful. I've also learned to drink when not to drink when on new medication. Oh, for Christ's sake, then that was your own fault, man. Like, oh, oh, thanks for helping me when I was quite clearly on the lash. Like, no, for God's sake, that... That's I like why you say that whilst Yorkshire. holding a bottle of beer. <laughs> Have you, seen, have you seen the and another thing bit? Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, are we not supposed to be doing a podcast here? Yeah. Sit I, just, I just need to go through these because Metrocast. these are tweets that they've had in and these are really angry people who have nothing better to do in their lives. Sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> the disgraceful behaviour of the Cameroon's women's football team whilst playing England on Sunday evening, spitting and making accusations of racism, is proof that women's game is finally catching up to the men's. It's from Mike in Warsaw. Hotels in Warsaw. <laughs> <laughs> to the women on public transport who have long nails, can you either get them cut short or stop texting, please? The constant noise is t- tapping noise is very irritating. This from Derek in Glasgow. You can't of print that in a newspaper. <laughs> you cannot print that in a newspaper. I don't know, but does anybody else just want to sit there and do this thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, Derek, how old is he, Derek? 60-odd? 
So if someone is jailed for life for pushing someone on the tube track but can apply for parole after 12 years, why is it go. called life if it's not life? Curious from Edinburgh. God, Jesus. Life. I mean, I feel like oh, they could have just put that into Google uh-huh. and it would have been quicker. Tiffany is quite right about pigeon cruelty. I'm fed up with seeing sick and deceived birds all over Sheffield. They're intelligent birds who should be treated with respect due to all God's creatures. Oh, is this guy as well? This is Emma from Sheffield. Well, we know he does like a pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, From Mark in Barking disagrees there. Pigeon saver. The reason for transport for London putting nets up is these are flying rats. Do you really want their toxic guano all over the platform? Guano? (laughs) It's a health hazard that requires costly nightly cleaning. Basically, that's his job. You know, was that, what was that? Mona's Corner. <laughs> it's gone and another thing, which is where ranty people who have but nothing better. Of to do more them. important, can you hand me the back of the, hand me that paper? It was all of those stories just went over my head. But now I was more fixated on the idea that on the back of this paper is a big one-page advertisement for the National Lottery, which claims la- Lotto 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 jackpot must be won tonight. Don't miss out. Now, this was what I don't know a Wednesday. I'm fairly certain that that jackpot wasn't won. And did, Lot- did Lotto just go, you were close enough, it had to be won, we'll give it to you. It's like, how, that's, how can they say it must be won? It's not like we've got a, we've got some frozen chickens that go off in a week. <laughs> they, they must be won tonight. Look, going to give look, them away. Keith, the money has an expiration date. Like, you don't understand. It's, like, it's a real problem within the banking industry. Must be won. <laughs> what, what does that even mean? Amazing starts here. Before we get into proper content, Keith, <laughs> after half an hour of chat about Keith, there, there's basically there's been something that's been bought. We've recorded in your office a couple of weeks now. Why? Why have you got the bottom half of a shop dummy wearing jeans in here? And, and also, could you tell us a story about how you acquired that? How I acquired? I went to a place that had mannequin parts. <laughs> took um, them, walked across town with them to the office. Can I ask a question? Is it really a mannequin, or is it one of Lee's corpses? <laughs> well, he could. Well, it appears to be made of plastic, but Lee could have coated it in plastic, mm. a bit like Vincent Price in the House of Wax. He could have a whole thing, couldn't he? He could be chopping so, bodies up, sealing them in plastic, and then selling them onto scrap stores. So you say uh, you carried this through town. What was the yeah. distance it was carried? It was from the jewellery quarter to here, which is. <laughs> Probably okay. a couple of kilometres. Did you cut through the boring? Like, did next look at you? Like, I stolen? walked through New Street Station. How? Okay. Having got... gone through Colmore Row and Pigeon Park, I got. Did we... anybody accuse you of playing Pokemon Go on the way through? <laughs> Strangely enough, no. Because <laughs> I, got... I hadn't got my phone in my hand. I had got a pair of legs. <laughs> I got weird looks when carrying a pigeon in a box. Home. So, to like, be honest, how weird weird looks to be get? honest, I didn't get any. I, mean, I, I think, think it's more normal for people to see half-decapitated bodies uh, being carried around than it is to see people carrying pigeons mm. in boxes. Or it's just you, Guy. Did you... Were the legs covered in the jeans? No, they weren't covered in the jeans. They were just naked. Point. At any point, did your hand touch the crotch and you were like, oh, I'm sorry about, that. sorry about that. On several occasions, I was <laughs> very <me>. conscious <laughs> of how I was carrying this around. Did anybody make a terrible legless joke to you? Or something no. Like? Most people just kind of carried on about their business as if nothing was happening. <laughs> what time of day were these legs carried? Uh, it was probably 10.30 in the morning. <laughs> so optimal leg carrying time. <laughs> mm. were, the legs, were the legs heavy? Um, in comparison to... The actual things, legs. <laughs> I, 
didn't cause me any um, distress to carry them across. You could lift them up if you wish and see how heavy I they are. Wait, I will wear your legs. If anyone can hear a slight humming in the background, that's a fan that Laura is requiring at present. Oh. It's very toasty in here. Oh, well, they've got an ass. <laughs> of course, <laughs> generally that's the first legs thing do. <laughs> it's kind of a bit, this kind of the section they attach to the body with. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised that there's like your. That's, that's the price. <laughs> It feels like there's Euro trash music playing in the background here. <laughs> I'm waiting for Anton de Quans to pop out of a corner. I mean, clone. The, the, the pose they're pulling is really weird, though, because they just won't stand up. The are falling out. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's just roaming the... He's now grabbing the crotch and pulls the jeans down. It's like... What? I can't is get it, the legs to stand up. He's like a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> you know, when they teach you to do stuff in science class. <laughs> it's like that Kim Cattrall movie. What, mannequin? Yeah, that's what guys doing. I thought you were going to go with the dogma reference. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to do that one. How do I get the stand-up properly? Um, I'm really disappointed we're it. not filming this. You lean people. it against yeah. the table. I was about to say, this makes for great uh, audio content. This is like yeah. the Krypton Factor, but with Guy Halfway. Guy's now struggling to get a pair of legs to stand up. I'll tell you what, there's a pair of 501s on that, 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 that mannequin. Are those pair of jeans? jeans? They are my jeans. Can I have one? I probably don't think they'll fit yet. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not saying like just, just you're a bit chunky there, guy. <laughs> you stood next to that dummy, and like you know, your waist was a lot lower than it's. So I'm thinking they're going to be a bit long for you. Did you? Did you? When you found they were slipping, did you have to grab the ass to use it as a lever? So did you hoist them up a bit if they were dropping, like slipping. Can we stop talking about the weird mannequin legs? <laughs> I just, I just, I just carried them. You know. It was, it, was, it was no task. What, what's it for, though? You haven't told us what it's actually it's for. for. It's for a short drama where one of the characters ends up drowned in a, in a, a pond. So those legs were sticking out of the pond. But the, feet, but the, that, but that, the feet are grey. That it had boots on. Okay. But the boots are now on the actor who was going to be drowned. So obviously I couldn't drown the actual actor. <laughs> So we filmed out of sequence. So we filmed the end of their story before we filmed the bits where that leads up to it. You see, this is how kind of filmmaking works. Wouldn't the legs float though? So the legs will float. So, te- so like the person who's been killed in the film has had their back snapped so badly that the top half of them is bent into the water and their legs are just yeah, hanging out. Like it was like a marshland. So it was just kind of like... It was, uh, kind of okay, well, like shallow, a bit, bit like Laura Palmer sort of Shallow pond. Right, yeah, okay, okay. Also, also, Guy, there's a way of framing things in in film and TV that, <laughs> that means that you can hide things like that. Not just Keith in the background of the shot waggling the legs. They weren't like sticking up out, yeah, out of the ground. <laughs> just out of the pond. Yeah, like a vertical. Sketch. Like they dived off some, kind of like dived out of a plane or been pushed out by you when you were trying to get on an airplane. Get out of my plane! Did you you have to pay for the legs? (laughs) I'm refusing to answer this line of questioning until my lawyer gets here. Is he also Lee's lawyer? I think so. Did you you want to play the song ZZ Top Legs when you were carrying them back through town? To be honest, the the song by ZZ Top Legs didn't enter into my head until you just mentioned it. (laughs) But I'm beginning to see a pattern about various members of this team carrying... body parts around places a lot he's got legs and he knows how to use them anyway swiftly moving on after several minutes 
yeah, you got some feature idea that you you, you came up oh. with the week, and then you were like, oh, I don't know if it's got any legs. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just because you're not a lazy, you're lazy. So my my the initial idea was was film fight. So I mean, that, way that way back since last year, <laughs> way way back, we did uh, horror movies. So it was to pick your uh, best example of what makes a horror movie. I picked Warship Down, which I still stand by as the worst horror film of all time. I have forgotten what I chose. See? I can't mine, remember now. Mine made impact. There you go. <laughs> oh, it was uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, mm. which I chose. Guy picked some terrible Italian cobblers, which has been remade because he was obviously that good the first time. Stuff you. Um, <laughs> And there was others. So yes. uh, after that episode, I suggested the next time we did this, uh, which was supposed to be within weeks, not months, <laughs> that the next next time round we would talk about the uh, best example of detectives it just, in movies. It just goes to show how well the production team listened to the members of the team, really, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> so the, the floor is open then for people to suggest the oh. film which best examples detectives. As this is your feature, you can lead on with am I, am you. Am yours. I going to lead yes. with this one? Okay. Well, I'm going to pick a film which I'm hoping a lot of you have considered in your uh, list of films depicting detectives. Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, David Fincher's classic mm. uh, featuring Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. Mm. In seven. Seven. Uh, which has... <laughs> oh, that would be great. Like, the credits came up for Lego Vigil. Seven. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of, a, it's kind of a, an untypical detective story. Yes. Uh, but the idea of the kind of the, the trauma and um, the kind of noirish Because detectives, for me, are, are very much embedded into the kind of film noir uh, ideal. Kind of from things like the Maltese Falcon and all of that kind of stuff. So this hard-bitten detective type stuff. Rather than cops, cops tend to be a little bit kind of more lighter and are often like slamming their badges on desks and demanding that they have their guns taken off them um, before then solving the crime whilst not actually technically part of the police force. But detectives tend to be a little bit more kind of hard bitten. So the rain, the kind of the whole idea of the seven deadly sins and then kind of like the very grim ending to that movie, which will we spoil, not spoil? There's a box and there's a head in it. Uh, so um, And it now sells goop. <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's a trope that's been um, followed through in lots and lots of yes. different movies you, I mean now you've got TV shows so th- and, and a bit true detective in a way is kind of taking the template of something like uh, Seven as it's as it's known for <laughs> and from a director like David Fincher as well the stylistic way of the way it was all presented um, dark lights and lighting and fans yeah. and all the rest of it so for me I'd say that's kind of one of the kind of pinnacle films that Depict detectives. Right, I'll go next then. A... <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> clamouring to have a go. I've gone on a different track again. Oh, okay. I have gone with Tintin, Detective Inspector Clouseau. <laughs> More <laughs> frauds. <laughs> Anyone okay. else hoping for Detective Peach? <laughs> <laughs> I've gone for Detective Clouseau because it's one of the greatest comedy films ever made. The original Pink Panther movie, and Peter Sellers is. Still one of my all-time favourite actors. He's one of the best slapstick comedians of the generation and of today. And he still is a detective at heart. And he can still see like the bits underneath it where he's trying to solve the case. And he's actually quite interesting. His methods don't work, 
but his thinking about how to try and solve the case does, and through multiple issues around him, not actually him himself, it's more of a case that you can see he actually is a competent detective, but with stupid, lots of stupid things happening. And yeah, so that's my choice. Detective Inspector Clouseau. Mm. Who's next? How about you, Guy? Oh, crap. I've had eight months to think about this. I haven't. Um, uh, He's going to pluck one out of the air. Yeah, we're going to have to, aren't we? Um, I don't know. Miss Marple. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know anything Miss Marple did. Um, Agatha Christie. She's a good detective. Isn't She's she? a writer. <laughs> You're getting confused now, Guy, between the writers Pyro. of books... He's a store detective. You're, you're, just, you're just naming detectives rather than a film in which a detective appears, which best exemplifies their use. So if you're going to pick Poirot, you're going to have to decide which film in which Poirot appears. Which version of Poirot is Yeah. Uh, I got nothing on that one. Um, oh, I don't know. Detective <laughs> Smith... Uh, Deckard, I'll go with Deckard. Okay. I'll explain why. I don't know, because it's a cool film, isn't it? Blade Runner, you know, he's... And he gets he gets to gets it on with Rachel, who was quite foxy and stuff, so... <laughs> you know, and he you know might be a robot, he might not. I don't know. I mean, there is certainly an argument for Blade Runner being a detective movie, and I don't think that was a good one. But <laughs> 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 more like a crap film description, didn't it, really? Considering he's getting it on with Rachel... He's questionable in the extra. Yeah. <laughs> nah, he definitely gets on with Rachel. It is one of the germinations of where our cy- uh, cyberpunk universe comes from. The day mm-hmm. of the, the spinner cars is everybody rips them off. But again, the, the, the interesting thing with Blade Runner as, as a film is the future stuff is subservient to, well, it's to subs- basically it's, it's a it's a film noir. It's yeah. all sh- it's all mm-hmm. shot in exactly the same way. It's very much Actually, like it, Seven. Because there's a lot of rain, there's a lot of shadow, it's dark. He's just swamping he around. A, he doesn't really know what he's doing. He is a true detective as well. Yeah, yeah. He is doing using detective methods like interrogating. Yeah. Looking Two left in hands. Yeah. Even does interrogation. So the bit where the frozen frozen body part seller guy finds where they've got their hacked parts from. It's from it's he's very much that the tradition of that kind of like Sam Slade kind of. Yeah. Flatfoot detective kind of thing. So yeah, it's a good. That's it's a good example of definitely, definitely all all, um, my, all my thoughts shared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and also he got with with Rachel as well. So <laughs> and the Blade Runner sequel is basically Ryan Gosling reenacting that from start to finish, really, with no real change. The word acting I, in there kind of there is, is a, bit... a change. Is there a change? Did he get with Rachel? He did get with Rachel because there's a kid involved in the sequel. Spoilers, but yes, he definitely got with Rachel. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, well, but was he a robot or was he not a robot? He said robots can't get on. <laughs> Come on, man! Of course they can. I well, don't. I don't. We know. know Data was fully equipped, at least <laughs> fully functioning. Yeah, <laughs> and guys already expired yeah, that mannequin was capable. <laughs> Marina Sirs is well. Capsule Troided. She's got a massive forward to the boy like Anton Dead. <laughs> right, any other hats in the ring for film detective? Uh, so I didn't do my homework either. I did buy a new film for this. 
uh, which is a 1944 American film noir film called Laura. Okay. Okay. That I then proceeded to not did watch. Did you buy that because it was named after? Yes. Like you had the same <laughs> name. Yes, you were the film like, I need a film to there, that's a Didn't, good name for a film. Is, is this some no creepy admission that Laura's making that anybody who goes to her house gets slightly weirded out that everything in her house is named after her? Like all the films on the shelf are all called uh, Laura. And my favourite artist, Laura Marlin. <laughs> There's a chair from Ikea called the Laura with, with an A with a couple of umlauts. Everything in my house is named after me. Yeah, yeah, that's the only furniture in my flat. Yeah, uh, You will be saddened to know that it is actually the story of a highly successful advertising executive who was killed by a shotgun blast to the face just inside the doorway of her apartment. To the Fingers f- crossed this is not what face. happens to me. <laughs> to the face. It's <laughs> <laughs> killed by a shotgun blast to the face. Yeah. <laughs> it's like seriously emphasising that point. Just a... Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. So tell us more about the detective in this particular film. The, the detective of the film that I have not watched. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, New York City Police department detective Mark McPherson is investigated in the murder. He first interviews charismatic newspaper columnist Walder Lidecker and perilous effete dandy who relates how he met Laura and became her mentor. Blah de blah. Questions Laura's parasitic playboy fiance, Shelby Carpenter, kept man. Everybody in this has like what I'd expect from a nineteen forties name apart from the main character, was it Mike McPherson? <laughs> A companion to her wealthy socialite aunt, Anne Treadwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Treadwell is tolerant of her niece's infatuation with Shelby, apparently out of her practical acceptance of Shelby's need for the blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, there's another good name. Detective McPherson finally questions Laura's loyal housekeeper, Bessie Clary. <coughs> I have a feeling at least one of the people in this film goes, yeah, I see, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's... Well, you'll be pleased to know in 1999 it was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Yeah, Is that the, the detective. Laura, by any chance, who put that in? I'd like to think so. The detective's played by uh, Dana Andrews, who people have seen from a lot of those movies. Vincent Price is in it. It's written and directed by Otto Preminger. So it's a, it's a big yeah, deal in terms of like what it is. Um, so it's a big deal, but it's typical of that period. Again, it's another mm. one. The 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 wide the, suits. It's it's uh, trench coats and fedoras and stuff. So it's that yeah. kind of typical kind of flat foot detective type stuff. I shot my load on my detective one here because I was putting the pressure. Guy Pierce and LA Confidential would have been a, a very good call. Ah, that's what you get when you put me under pressure, man. <laughs> you only had eight months to think about it. <laughs> okay, so I Are you going for the furry mouse. No. Um, there, there are uh, cartoon animals in this one, though. Um, so for secret squirrel, I thought about this for for a few months, and the, I realised that I actually read more detective fiction than I watch detective movies. But the movie that I kept coming back to, because it's one of my favourite films of all time, is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, I was hoping it was okay, be nice choice, <laughs> Eddie Valiant. Okay, yeah, cool. Because ultimately, outside of the the tune aspect of it, you have what is essentially a film that is a love letter to all the film noir of the 40s. It has, it's set in that time period, it's set in Hollywood, you've got this, you know, grizzled detective who's an alcoholic, his brother's died, and he's got resentment for towards an entire minority as a result of it, and then he has to help one mm-hmm. of those, and he gets wrapped up in a conspiracy and 
And there's just, and the I think femme fatale. Yeah, yeah, there's a femme fatale, and I think because it's such a love letter to all that. But I also came back to it because I think it's the the thing that got me into a lot of crime fiction because I watched it at such a young age and it left such an impression on me. It's I think that's why I picked it. I think it gets confused very much as a kid movie. It is, which is yeah, it's not, it's not, it's, a, not re- it's not really a kids film. There's yeah. a lot of stuff going on in it's that. It's actually kids. Yeah, it's quite. It can get quite dark, surprisingly. Yeah, um, I mean the whole big reveal at the end with the villain. Yeah, that, that's getting yeah. crap. Oh yeah, when I was oh a yeah, kid. yeah. But you know, if you've got like, because it, it involves a lot of political themes of the time. You know, with the with the the trams being replaced by the highway mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing. So. It draws from that period quite heavily, and it is a detective story. Well, yeah, and the, and the kind of two only uh, bars, yeah, kind of the analogies of things like Stonewall and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's quite interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, I've completely almost forgotten. Yeah. Can we just talk about how rabbit? well that's segmented? It's almost like. We are a very good film podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, it's almost like I mean, no film. I'm trying, I'm trying to rationalise Cluzo into the because the other four are very clearly of that same cut oh, from the same kind of cloth mm-hmm. of the, the very traditional film noir detective type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Cluzo, I'm not not I so sure. That I think he's a good there. detective. Yeah, behind the scenes. I think his actual methods and modes of operating are actually a good detective story. Yeah, I think I think Cluzo is more in the tradition of the likes of Poirot and yeah. uh, and yeah. Agatha and yeah. Miss Marvel yeah. and stuff. It's, I it's think. the giant brain. It's a more British yeah. kind yeah. of um, sensibility to that character. It, it, it comes nice. from the Sherlock Holmes, and I think it's yeah. very much the um, what's his face, the French version of Sherlock Holmes. If you may remember. Uh, August Lupin, yeah, the, oh, yeah, yeah. the counterpart. Yes, I actually, that, that's you've, considering you've had a long time. That were actually pretty good um, selections. Mine was definitely a ladies' man because he got with Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, like, we all overlook the fact like Bob Hoskins cannot be taken seriously since he had the Joe Bob Hoskins song. Uh, no, he couldn't be taken seriously after the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved his interview in Empire where they basically asked him five questions. The first one being, if there's something you would, if there's a film you'd never wish you got involved with, what would it be? Super Mario Brothers movie. What movie would you never do again? Super Mario Brothers movie. What money gave, what film gave you the biggest paycheck? Super Mario Brothers movie. But it was, all, it was also, I think, in a Guardian, in, it was like a Guardian interview as well where he said, like, what's your biggest regret? And he just said Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody regrets the Super yeah. Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. So what's the next film final key? Flowers and film? <laughs> um, have we decided who we won? We throw it out fight? on a Twitter poll. Well, we'll, yeah. yeah, which doesn't work because Twitter only gives you like four choices I and you usually have five. We'll put every guys in the comments. Yeah, we'll, we'll put guys in the comments. Um, okay, because we've done we've done horror and we've done detectives. Yes. Uh, so I think what I'm going to do. How long are you going to take to figure this <laughs> yeah, out? This one it's not going to take nine months. Okay, so, so let, let's let's theme it around my least popular season. Uh, as we're into Is it, it be Game of quite now. <laughs> no, it's uh, summer. So which film depicts? The best summer. Okay. I already know your choice. What's my choice? So. Oh, I think I know which one I'm we'll going to give, we'll give, we'll give you a month. Sam. We'll give you a month. So we're, <laughs> we're going to be smack bang in the middle of the summer holidays. Yeah, I think um, I've got it. There's probably a few yeah. that I could pick. So. Nothing like a nice sunny film about a man who took killing instructions from a dog. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yours will yours will be some kind of mutilated kind of <laughs> thing. But yeah, so yeah, so the next the next film fight is summer. So what is your what film best example? Did I hint a detector hint of Mr. Tibbs there? <laughs> no. I think yours is gonna be a link later pick. A what? Link later pick. Oh maybe, yeah, I could call. He's gonna, do, he's gonna do spring break, isn't he? Oh, spring breakers. <laughs> yeah. Look at Mark. <laughs> but technically, we can not include that because it's spring. It says it in the title. The wet hot American summer. Yeah. It's a great film. I mean, you can quite you can quite clearly choose films which do not have the word summer in them mm-hmm. or hot. Five hundred days or sunny. Off Does that mean mm. I'm allowed home and away? Yeah. How's summer bay. It's not a film. It's not a film. <laughs> they made a feature-length episode once, I'm sure. <laughs> it needs to have been released in significant numbers of theatres and received over so many All right, Mr. Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> so, can, so, it yeah, have, can it have flowers in it? It can, it, can ha- it can have birds, it can have flowers, it can have insects, it can have grass, it, can have, it could have footballs in it. Right, if there's any detective films... like Beckham. Is there any detective films which we have missed out, tweet us in. Mm-hmm. Keith, you got some more content that you gave us here. Well, I, I, I did write it down on a piece of paper, but then I wrote on the other side, anyone want the final beer? And then I just took <laughs> okay. it. Right, I've um, actually taken Keith's article and I've gone away and done a bit of research. Well, at least you did, because Keith dismissed his idea as crap earlier. So, Which was, Keith's idea was, what sci-fi things have come into reality? It, <laughs> the thought popped into my head one week, one day this week, because I was watching Forces TV. <laughs> Were you watching um, Space 1999? I, I was watching you were Space 1999. <laughs> was it the Brian Blessed episode? No, it was the very first episode. It was, it was Breakaway Part 1. Because um, obviously uh, Star Trek gets a lot of credit for communicators and kind of the, the, the beginnings past. of mobile phones. Uh, so the flip, flip phone and whatever it yeah. is. But I was watching an episode of Star Trek. Uh, and then I was watching an episode of Space 1999. Because if you watch sci-fi at a certain Day, time, and then it? it goes, yeah. <laughs> so it's like Stargate, Star, 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 but in modern ones, they've gone away from the communicator, so it's like touchy badges. But then I was watching Space 1999, and they have what they call the Comlock in there, which is kind of a, like I would like it. It's a big, long device with a pokey bit on the end. Uh, <laughs> on the front, at the, one, at the one end, you can have pictures of people that call you, so you can... What's I remember this. You can have pictures of people on a long pokey so device. It's got, it's got keypad on it and all the rest of it. So as well as video communication, Skype, FaceTime, yes. whatever it is, it also allows you to access certain things, so it uses a key. And I was thinking, well, a modern mobile phone is more like the Comlock from Space 1999 than, than a communicator from Star Trek because it yes. does the video calling and with near-field communication and stuff like that, you can open doors, you can pay for stuff. And it's like, well, I was thinking, well, there's, an, then, you know, there's Space 1999. You should get more credit for yeah. kind of like a futuristic well, thing I that's come to pass. the whole Star Trek mobile phone thing was in the 90s, wasn't it? Well, it was, just the, it was just the motion. Yeah. It wasn't really the same kind of thing. But the technology in the kind of the comlock, the idea of being able to call people on video and open things and you have... And one device did a lot of stuff. You used it to access things yeah. and get get information and do the rest of it, well, which I've, is much more like a modern mobile. So I've gone through and I've picked some devices which I think were sci-fi themed originally and now have come into reality. So my first selection is 3D printers, which does it come from Star Trek and the Replicator, I think, a little bit, is where the original hmm. iteration of that is. And now you can go and custom create parts that you're missing. There's metal 3D printers... You can even get a 3D printed house nowadays. Yeah, I think we're still a long way from being able to go tea yeah. Earl Grey hot. I think they are print still a long way, out. but I think it's it's the beginning of its yeah. early steps. Um, in, internet and cyberspace 
has been one that was popularised many times. I mean, William Gibson's Neuromancer novel was pretty much the first real description of that. We had Snow Crash, which was uh, avatars in the digital space owning property, which is what you'll see now in lots of online spaces. Mm. Or cryptocurrency and stuff is a good example of that, isn't it? Underwater exploration, Jules Verne, 30,000 Leagues Under the Sea, uh, The Nautilus. I think that kind of, we've we've gone past that many years ago, but that started off as a sci-fi novel. Mm. Well, the whole, all that Jules Verne stuff, all that kind of like yep. First Man on the Moon and everything, that's kind of like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, talking of Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, uh, another one, uh, 1903 novel, The Land Ironclads, okay. which is tanks. the first time about metal machines going mm. to war, which pretty much predicted tanks, which arrived in the First World War swimming afterwards and been multiple developments since then. Yeah. Uh, going back to Star Trek again, the pad, the personal access device, mm-hmm. display device, which is pretty much the forerunner of your iPad nowadays. Uh, the, the thimble radios, which is another one which was in four, Fahrenheit 451, which was radios that you can pop in your ear, yeah. which are now very similar to a Bluetooth headset. Or well, Bluetooth I'm just headset. thinking of um, Dick Tracy's radio watch yeah. now, mm. with, um, kind of like yeah. smartwatches. Yep. Uh, picture phones were already covered off. Full body scans from Total Recall mm-hmm. in the airport. Again, we've now got technology which has reached that and gone past it. Um, Google Glass, back to Star Trek, Dominion, the headset's worn there. Very similar, so have a display projected into your eye basically via a laser. We well, could go yeah. even further back than that, 1984 and um, The Last Starfire. Yeah, even further back. Uh, Sorry, squeezing through my list. Uh, cars that drive themselves. So this was an Isaac Asimov story mm. with robot brains in cars many years ago. Part of his robot series. The taxi in Total Recall. Yeah. 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 It's interesting, the, the idea that most of this futurism thing only went up to about 1999 and 2000. The idea yeah. of like what that future would be. Yeah. Even though we're only like, they were only 20 or 30 years before. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's like, what's the what's the future prediction type stuff now? It doesn't seem as far fetched as it used to be. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I don't think people think there's going to be much of a future, unfortunately, <laughs> which is why we're not going so far into futurology. And um, the tricorder from Star Trek, we're not there yet, but you've got fitness trackers now, which can monitor your heart rate, monitor yeah. your pulse, uh, tell you if you drink water. All those a, bits. a lot of um, medical technology is being able to use iPhones to do things like yep. look at Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. uh, gait and predicting yeah. things. Um, going back to Blade Runner as well from Guy's Detective Choice. Rachel! Um, <laughs> disposable technology, which we are all guilty of nowadays. You'll have a phone for a few years, you toss it into a drawer, and never use it again. I um I was seeing disposable battery chargers. Yep, just seemed massively wasteful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mood altering medicine before nineteen fifty, antidepressants weren't even subject to scientific experimentation, but it was in Brave New World that you could mm-hmm. soma, which was how to alter your moods. Yep, which became a reality. Uh, going back to the Running Man, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger pretty much predicted the current version of reality TV. Taking it to a few mm. more steps further along, but great film, a classic film. Uh, Big Brother, as you mentioned before, I think China's social score system is pretty much Big Brother in reality. Um, 
Minority Report's air touch screens are becoming a future tech trend at the minute. So you've seen quite a lot of things where it's gesture based or motion tracking based mm-hmm. on your hand movements rather than actually touching a device. And the other big one I have here is mechanical hands. So this was one Robert Heinlein oh, yeah. short story yeah. about Waldo F. Jones, who was a disabled inventor who created mechanical hands called Waldos yeah. who worked for him. So it's pretty much where we are now. So that was some of my big examples of where we are with technology and is it real? Silence. We're all stunned <laughs> in the room. I'm just wondering whether there's there's any kind of like future tech that people have, have either read about or in comics or whatever it is that um, they wish existed right now. Hoverboards. <laughs> Not a segue. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's the thing though. I mean, if we look at sci-fi nowadays, so if I look at a show like Expanse, they're not actually that much technologically further along. It seems to be yeah. very similar mm-hmm. to Naros technology. And it all seems to be like everybody thinks we've reached this zenith with our current technology. And there's not really much further along. Yeah, I mean, it's like space travel probably is the biggest one for me in terms of mm-hmm. like, yeah. the, you know, when I was a kid in the late, 70s and stuff the idea of like by the end of 19 the 1990s there'd be manned moon bases and interstellar travel and all the rest of it and i kind of still yeah. wish that that would have happened that well, we would have a bit more space isn't there fairy. like talk of nasa putting a base on the moon there's always talk of nasa wants to put a base yeah. on the moon maybe yeah. to probably put all of his obscene amazon wealth up there yeah. and like live like scrooge mcduck in a giant moon <laughs> yeah. well that's where they're gonna put the next warehouse <laughs> just gets fired from the moon directly <laughs> to your door. But, um, yeah, space flight is becoming more of a private enterprise now that we've noticed. Mm-hmm. So you have, as I mentioned, Jeff Bezos with his Blue something. Blue Shift, I think, is the name of his yeah. company. You've got Elon Musk SpaceX, which I think everybody in the world is probably aware of by now. Yeah, uh, You've got Richard Branson as well. I still think as well that the idea of rocket powered stuff, I'm still quite curious of the concept of space lifts. Yeah. Um, because that's a non rocket powered way of getting into orbit that yeah. doesn't require as much energy. Because I think the problem with rocket flight is it requires a substantial amount of energy to get a very small payload into orbit. Whereas oh, yeah. things like the space lifts might be the way to go. The first time I actually remember that is Ben Bova's uh, Grand Tour of the Universe series. They use those quite a lot in there. Mm. And there's like, they use something very similar to the Virgin Galactic as another kind of yeah. method, which is the clipper ships and how to get to the moon. Yeah. Well, the current Thunderbirds are go use a space lift for, yeah. um, uh, for John to get to and from. Thunderbird 5 rather than using Thunderbird 3 all the time yeah. to get backwards and forwards. I think the problem with that is just the massive amount of construction it would take and I don't think you've got the materials that are strong enough to build them. Yeah. Everybody keeps going on about carbon nanotubes as the next big thing. Just don't get the guys that are building the metro line from <laughs> Snow Hill to what's it to do it because it's going to take about 15,000 well, years. five years to go from Snow Hill to New Street Station. Mm. Five years. How far is it? Oh, it's about 500 metres. How long has it, it took? Five it, years. How far is it to space? <laughs> Roughly three and a half kilometres. It's 0.7 of a mile. Is it? To space? Yeah. To outer space? Yeah. I That's remember when the line far. opened, it was at um, Snow Hill to Birmingham New Street. Uh, Birmingham Mail sent one of their reporters to try yeah. and outrun the train and <laughs> see if he could beat it. Probably could. Yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, that was future technology. I was going to talk about the latest developments in the world of mobile phones. If I haven't blown your mind enough already, <laughs> technology that's there now. But developments have mostly been like refusing to be able to use Google. Well, it's actually accelerated quite a lot over the last year and a half. I mean, 2018, everybody's phone looked pretty much like the one I have in my hand, which is the Xiaomi Mi A1, which everybody has a big board at the top and a big board at the bottom. And then the first notch phones came into existence, which Apple jumped on the bandwagon pretty quickly with the iPhone XR, XS, and the iPhone X, which quite a lot of people still fancy having nowadays. Uh, but now we're moving to even more bezel-less screens. So we've seen the Oppo Find X with its pop-up camera. It's one of the first mechanical pop-up cameras. It's been imitated multiple times since then. So the Xiaomi Mi 8 had a little pop-up camera. Oppo Reno 10 has a pop-up camera. But curiously, the next thing that Oppo are working on, one of the biggest Chinese manufacturers of smartphones, is under-screen cameras. Mm-hmm. Rather than having a punch-hole display like the Samsung Galaxy S10 series, you won't actually be able to see the cameras there. It's just going to be hidden under an OLED display. Yay, that doesn't sound dangerous at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, the whole idea of, like, I don't use the camera that I can see on the front of my phone that much because I'm yeah. not a self-obsessed uh, vanity mm-hmm. project that wants to take photos of myself all the time. So yeah. it's like, and what do you use that extra screen space for? I mean, I think the future is everybody wants to have an... Well, everybody in the tech industry's world is... Everybody wants an all-screen front display, so it's just basically carrying a screen around with you and all the technology that you need is hidden underneath it. We've had in-screen fingerprint detectors, so the Samsung uses their ultrasonic version, a lot of others use optical yeah. in-screen image sensors. The only way this will work is if they invent transparent aluminum like they do in Star Trek Four, because... All I can imagine that the screens are going to do is there's lots of people going to go, yep, screen replacements, let's uh, do that. But yeah. you, instead of more, not even screen replacements, you've got to replace the whole thing. It actually does exist, transparent aluminum. Yeah. And transparent concrete also exists, which is basically where you put lots of glass fibres into the mix, so it becomes semi-transparent. It just seems like, because everybody drops their phones all over yeah. the place. I don't mm-hmm. think a whole, just their phone that's all a screen, you know, I think. Yeah, that's, have, that's my thinking. It's, it's, like, it's the worst idea. I mean, we've come a long way since the Nokia 3310 with the plastic screen. Kirk know. hasn't. <laughs> yes, but we do have Gorilla Glass, which is probably the leading manufacturer of strength and safety glass, which basically makes you, makes the phone less susceptible to breakages. It's got 0.001 percent more susceptible. <laughs> it's like whenever, whenever I scan eBay to find a, a, like a replacement phone, it's like I can never understand how everybody's selling their phone with. Yeah, it might have a broken screen. And you look at the picture and you go, yeah, that's beyond broken. <laughs> are, you, are you searching for a certain fruit fruit manufacturer's phones? Yeah, I need I need a, a certain teenager that lives in my house is demanding an upgrade, but an upgrade yes. that I'm not prepared to go that far. So I want to go to yeah. a much lower one. But yeah, it's like, who sells their smashed phones on eBay? Yeah. So it's in perfect condition, apart from the screen. <laughs> I mean, we are going more towards foldable technology as well. So Motorola have done a concept which is like the old Razer flip phone where the screen folds in half inside. We had the Galaxy Fold, which was shipped out to reviewers across the world, mainly tech YouTubers, and subsequently broke in their hands quite a lot. I think there's a missed opportunity here because of the number of people that I see vaping. What they need to do is have something that you can project onto the vape cloud that appears every time you have a vape, and you can do your screen technology like a big on that. Middle finger sticking up to the vape. <laughs> it's like, 
Yeah, use that. Use those big clouds of fog. Yes, but the big t- chumps in technology and mobile phones you'll see over the next few years are front screen only cameras, under display cameras, under display fingerprint readers. Um, camera technology on the back of phones is getting more and more ridiculous. We had the Nokia 9 with the Penta camera on the back. Yeah. Uh, we had the Huawei P30 Pro with four cameras, one of which being a 10 times zoom with hybrid 50 times zoom. So basically nothing that anyone wants, which is more battery life. Yes. I mean, yeah. I would sacrifice thickness of the phone to get a decent battery life in most phones nowadays. They all seem to be around that 3,000 milliampere hours, which will barely get you through a day at sparse. So the way lithium-ion technology degrades as well is after a year and a half, your phone seems to only last a couple of hours at best. Yeah, why don't they use some kinetic energy generation? Because you get watches that self-power by movement. Surely mm. most people are jogging around with their phones on. So why can't we get phones? <laughs> I think it's getting the phones themselves? out of people's hands in the first place is the problem. But it just seems it's another one of those technologies where we go, well, throw loads of things in there that only four people in the entire world are going to use. Yeah. And we'll charge you all and make you think that you need it. Yeah. One thing I have noticed in mobile phone technology, which I am happy about, is the new dark mode, which is where quite a lot of developers are moving from having white screens with black text to having black screens mm-hmm. with grey text, which is going to be a lot better for people who suffer from blue shift light yeah. and just general reading. But that's pretty much just what's happening with mobile phones. So you're all up to date? Well, I'm not up to date. I'm, st- I'm still <laughs> blocking a phone from four or five generations behind. Well, that's the other thing as well is mobile phones nowadays, you don't need to replace them as often. I think they're, they're seeing that on the yeah. aren't they? People aren't mm-hmm. updating them as often. Crap yes. screen, how do you do this? Unless you're like Guy Halfman and break your phone within three weeks of purchasing it. <laughs> yeah. I think most people nowadays will keep a phone for two to three years before looking for a replacement. Yeah, my last phone I kept pretty much up until the battery was completely useless. So I was just like, I have to yeah. get a new phone. Right, I've got something to end this on. So, you know, like last week we did crap film descriptions. So, like, this is actually a thing that happened online that I, I didn't realise was a big thing. So, I've been looking at some of the ones people have been doing over the years. So, you slated some of mine last week, like Watchmen. So, let's see if you can do better with other ones other people have created. Okay. okay. This right. is a competition no, again. We can have... Do you want to do, do, do a competition on this? No, let's just no. answer. All right, okay. Boy spends seven years being a third wheel. Any takers? No. Pass. It's Harry Potter. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. People drink coffee for ten years. Friends? Yeah. They never actually drink coffee in that show. Mentally unstable billionaire wants to make a great ho- uh, wants to make home great again, but is criticised by clowns. Iron Man? Batman. Okay, yeah. Drug addicted girl takes advantage of mentally challenged boy for three decades. Forrest Gump? (laughs) Kid comes out of the closet. (laughs) That narrows it down. Sounds great. That is brilliant because it's really spot on. Kid comes out of the closet. Gone then. Not in the witch in the wardrobe. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Your kid goes into the closet, yeah. as it should be. I like that one. 
Uh, a young boy discovers that having hardwood in your hand can lead to all sorts of magic. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Talking frog convinces his son to kill his dad. Star Wars? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> How am I much better at this one than your one? <laughs> Girl wakes up to stranger on top of her in bed, but it's cool because he's hot. This is like Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Stockholm Syndrome works. I think I've done one like that before. The only film I can think of that always references Stockholm Syndrome is like Beauty and the Beast. Okay. See, I was going for Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, yeah. but that might be a bit niche. A family's first Airbnb experience goes very wrong. Hostel. National Lampoon's Vacation. No. Well, the Amityville Horror. Yeah, there's so many it could be. Scooby Doo. Yeah. The Shining. Yeah, okay. Smart Airbnb, it's a hotel. Yeah. He's working there. Yes. <laughs> a guy wants to bone Siri. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. A guy wants to love a girl without her Instagram filters. That's really bad, but it, 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 it's is pretty that, good. Is that that? Jack Black movie where he falls in love with the no, but think, no, but that's pretty close to what this is. Shallow Hal, is it? Yeah, no, it's not that, but you could use that for this. Is it um, what's you call it? What Hunchback of Notre Dame? Shrek. Mm-hmm. These are really terrible. Uh, so mine are better then. <laughs> Slightly. On a scale, not to 0.5. A depressed yeah. office worker joins a cult and destabilises the government. By Halford. <laughs> Fight Club, yeah. Uh, Matrix. Yeah. Talking yeah. Bacon. That's sausage bacon. party. Yeah. Man, like, man, this is for multiple films. Man Child learns to be an adult. So you're looking for a series of films starring someone, but they're not all connected. Man Child learns to be an adult. Every film with a man in it. Every Adam Sandler movie. Yes. Okay. Uh, after the death of her parents, a young socialite causes millions of billions of damage and pro- millions of pounds in property damage. Repeat that one. After the death of her parents, a young socialite causes millions of de- pounds in property damage. Batman again. It's going to be some kind of Disney cartoon, isn't it? It's going to be something like Frozen. It is Frozen. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, illegal immigrant chased by the feds. Is it a Disney movie? E.T., obviously. <laughs> E.T., yeah. Uh, a billionaire devotes his fortune to cosplay and being up the mentally ill. Batman. That's Batman, yeah. The Dark Knight, yeah. yeah. Public trans- transportation running ahead of schedule for once. Speed. Yeah. <laughs> Woman abandons all her standards to win back to win back a horny teenager with greasy hair. Don't know. Should do, but don't. Woman abandons all her standards to win back a horny teenager with greasy Scott hair. Scott Pilgrim versus Lord. Grease. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. A beautiful princess gets catfished. Isn't that Shrek again? Beauty and the Beast? It's Aladdin. Uh, yeah. yeah. E- emo teens can't live up, live up to grandparent, grandfather's legacy, takes it out on dad. Nope. Nope. Okay, it's Star Wars... Uh, the seventh Star Wars seven. Uh, final one then. Um, a young man forcibly binds other men and photographs them for money. <laughs> Read that one again. 
I like that. I don't think he can. A young man forcibly binds other men and photographs them for money. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Because it's really true. Is that American Psycho? No. A, no. Young, a young man forcibly binds other men and photographs them for money is a real accurate description of Spider-Man. what happened. It is Spider-Man. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Sam, Sam Raimi era. Parker! Thank you for joining me today on the Geeky Brummy podcast. Lee, where can we find you online? You can find me on YouTube at Bob the Pet Ferret, and you can find me on Twitter at The Cheap Ferret. And your Patreon. And my Patreon is Bob the Pet Ferret as well. Keith, where can we find you online? On Twitter, it's hardlook underscore hotel. Uh, and then Instagram, it's not got the underscore. There's a YouTube channel which I think is Hard Look Hotel Films, but I never look at that, so I can't remember. Hmm. Uh, there's a website, hardlookhotel.co.uk. Go and look at that. It's years old, but you know, mm-hmm. it's still all right. Uh, yeah, that's it, I think. I think there might be some other places, but probably best not to go looking for me there. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, where can we find you online? Uh, on Twitter as Laura Craven. That's L-A-U-R-A-C-R-E-A-V-E-N. Guy, where can we find you? Uh, Curiosity Crate underscore on Twitter. Final Guy H Instagram. Mixcloud.com slash Curiosity Crate. Facebook.com slash Curiosity Crate. Is that it? I think so, yeah. I've, I've got too many now. Like, I never had what, any before, and now I've got, like, lots. Like, just, just, just follow me and stuff. And you can find me... I'm too busy looking at my phone. <laughs> find me <laughs> at Ryan Parrish on Twitter, at Brummy Gorman for the food stuff when I get around to redoing it again. And you can find us all on Geeky Brummy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, geekybrummy.com, and on ko-fi.com, at Geeky Brummy. So if you want to drop us a couple of quid, drop it there. But for now, goodbye everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.